Grab your Bibles and your notebooks. If you don't have a Bible, we have them for you on our side tables and in the back. We have notebooks for everybody. We encourage you to always take notes in church. The Holy Spirit will speak to you. I added a scripture, so those of you in the back, you do not have this verse, but I felt impressed to start this morning with this verse. It's Ephesians chapter 2. Go ahead and jump into your Bibles to the book of Ephesians, and we're going to look in chapter 2, starting in verse 8. We're in a series on vision. A series on vision. I just felt the Holy Spirit prompt me to kind of start this way. It's a little different, but I want to start like this. Have you found it? Ephesians chapter 2. All three of us are going to enjoy this verse together. It's going to be awesome. (laughs) Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. God saved you by his grace when you believed. Can we just say amen to that? You're saved by grace. Amen. And it happened the moment you believed. Not the moment you got your stuff worked out and became perfect, amen? Not when you go to heaven, but the moment you believed. God saved you. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. You are God's masterpiece. Can you receive that this morning? I love what Maria was saying about coming out of agreement with the wrong thinking. Can you come out of agreement? Stop telling yourself and talking about all the things you are not. You are in Christ, amen? And you are God's masterpiece. He's working on something in you. Come on. He's the artist. He's working on something in you. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. That's the part I want you to see. So that you can do the good things he planned for you. You know, when you were brought into this earth, God had a plan for your life. God has vision for your life. There is a purpose for your life. There are gifts and talents and callings. You were meant to be born for such a time as this. You were meant to be in Orlando for such a time as this. You are God's masterpiece. He's working on you. You're not perfect. He knows your journey. He knows where you're going. He knows what's on the inside of you, but he's also prepared things for you to do. You have been saved by grace unto good works. Uh, saved by grace unto good works that he predestined or planned for you to accomplish from long ago. I think that's important because that's the essence of vision. The essence of vision is that God has things for you to do. God has solutions. I'd like to speak this over you. You are solutions to problems in this world. Inside of you are books, curriculums, answers, businesses, sermons, messages, songs, you know, social services, food distribution. There are answers to every problem the world has because how do you know God has an answer for every problem in the world? But his answer comes from his heart to your heart into this realm. God has vision for you to accomplish. You've been saved by grace but he saved you by grace, not just to go to heaven. Come on now. But he saved you by grace to put you in his mission, to put you in his field, to help him accomplish what's in his heart to accomplish. You are his body in the earth. Amen. He did not just save you to get you out of hell. Praise God. You don't have to be crispy critters for eternity. Hallelujah. But he saved you unto a good work or multiple good works. You ever thought of that? Some of you that maybe are a little more seasoned in years, you like how I said that there? A little more seasoned in years. You might think God saved you for something you did when you were in your 40s, but my friend, you're still alive. Come on now. 
you can still hear the Holy Spirit. You don't age out of the gospel. Amen. God's older than all of us. Amen. So I love it. He saved you unto good works. Not just one. You're like, well, I did my time. This is not prison sentence. I did my time in the ministry. I did my time in the kingdom. No, my friend, this is our joy. This is our pleasure. We join God's vision. Amen. We don't retire in the kingdom. Amen. Because in the kingdom, work is not a curse. Work is not a curse. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, write fast, listen fast. Proverbs 29, 18, talking about vision. Where there is no vision, the people perish, the Bible says. Last week I talked about this. The reason people perish where there is no vision is a lot of times they don't live focused lives. They say yes to the wrong things. They don't know what to say yes to. They don't know what to say no to. But when you understand the vision of God for your life, you know, you know to say, I don't have time for that old lifestyle. I don't have time for that sin anymore. I'm working on something. God and I are building something together. I don't need to get you know, stuck in those old addictions anymore. I've got stuff to do with my life. I even know what social, what, what, what social groups to be a part of because those old groups kept bringing me down and I'm building something great for God. And if I want to fly with the eagles, I got to stop hanging out with the chickens. You know what I'm saying? So I know what to say yes to. I know what to say no to. Without, when there's no vision, I don't know that. People perish. We begin to perish. We begin to diminish. Our gifts and our talents are laying dormant. They're atrophying in our lives. The second reason I believe people perish is this. The vision God has put inside of you is a solution, as we said, to problems in this world. And there's an urgency for those visions to come to pass. God doesn't just keep you busy so you're not bored. Vision from God creates change, sets people free, pushes back hell. If there's a book in your heart, it must be written because someone's life depends on it. There is an urgency to vision. People perish when God's people don't do the callings of God on their life. Missionaries aren't going out. People aren't preaching the gospel. Hands are not being laid upon the sick. Are you understanding what I'm saying here? We have to see this because sometimes we think it's just an interest thing. Like, if I do it, it's not a big deal. If I don't do it, it's not a big deal. If you don't do it, it's a very big deal. God has entrusted that vision to you to be accomplished, to be done. Today, if I was to put the whole message in a sentence, it would be this. The process creates the vision. Embrace the idea of process. Today we're talking about the dark room. We're talking about process. Oop, I just hit the podium. I didn't want you to see that because it looked really weird, but I didn't know how to hide it. Like I didn't mean to do it, so I'm embracing the process. <laughs> there was no recovery from that. Listen, embrace the idea of process. First of all, let me, let me lay this foundation as we talk about vision. You know what the safety valve is when we talk about vision for your life? It's this, have a really close love relationship with the Lord because then the visions that come to your heart are going to be godly visions, not selfish ambition visions. The Bible says in Psalms 37.4, write this down, Psalms 37.4, delight yourself in the Lord. He will give you the desires in your heart. Now, sometimes people interpret that to mean that God will give you your heart's desires. But I used to, when I was growing up, my mentor used to say, you become like the people you hang around. So when I hang around Jesus, even if he does give me the desires of my heart, my desires become like his desires because I become more like Jesus. I can trust the desires. I can trust the vision. I can trust the things that my heart wants to do passionately when I walk 
close to the Lord and I delight myself in him. If I haven't been praying and I get all these visions of grandeurs in myself, I can't trust those. But if I spent time with the Lord and there's things that arise in my heart to do, I can believe that I've delighted in the Lord and he is placing desires inside of my heart. I believe that my personality, my wants start to look like his wants because I spend time with the Lord. So that also means that when other people, if God gives you, let me, I'm, I need to slow myself down, listen. God may give you a desire to do some things that bring a lot of attention or a lot of fame into your life, but you've been spending time with Jesus and you know that God is pushing you into those arenas, right? So then when other people challenge you and say, oh, you're just doing it for your own pride's sake, you can resist that internally. It doesn't matter what they think because those things came out of your heart by spending time with Jesus. So you understand what I'm saying? And sometimes Jesus will say, I need you on a mountaintop of influence. I need you to make a lot of money. I need you to be a political figure. I need you to be a, a, an entertaining figure. Are you understanding this? Because if, if you're not standing on those mountaintops, someone who doesn't know God is standing on those mountaintops. And so if he gives you that vision while you're spending time with him, he'll be able to sustain you while you're up there. And even when other people accuse you of wanting to do it for yourself, it doesn't matter what they say because you have delighted yourself in the Lord and you want it because he wants you to want it. Are you understanding that? All right. Now, the dark room of development. Dark room of development. When I was a kid in school, which my kids tell me was a really long time ago, we used to have photography class. Anybody have photography class when you were in high school? Teenagers today, I want to introduce you to something. This is called a camera. You can find these buried with dinosaur bones in the desert. They, they dig it up with little brushes. And this is called a camera. And inside of this camera is a thing called, get this, film, right? Yeah, it's amazing stuff. And when I was in school, you'd go into this dark room, you, you, you would capture an image, you'd capture a picture of something, and then you had to wait for it right? To be made. You didn't just like take a picture and there it was. Like it would live in this little black box. And you don't even know if it was a good picture or if you got it like this. Until after you developed it. And I would go into this dark room and there'd be this little scary red light that would come on. And the image would become clearer and clearer as it went through a process and that process took place in a dark room. God has a picture for you to capture. We talked about that last week, to lay hold of, an image, a vision for you to lay hold of. And let me say this, even in modern times, when we take pictures nowadays and we think it's real, it's a little digital picture, and it goes up into the cloud, if you want that image in the clouds to actually become a physical manifestation, it still needs to go through a process. How many people's dreams and visions stay up in the clouds because they won't allow it to go through process? You can say, oh, I have all this vision, it's up in the clouds, but whenever vision needs to manifest, whenever that image, that photograph needs to turn into a real picture, a real photograph, it must go through process. Can I get an amen? The idea of process in a secret place, the idea of process in an unseen place, the idea of process where there's steps of development. 
Each step is moving you towards the fulfillment of the picture, the clarity of the picture, the possession of the picture. Process is a part of this. Embrace the idea of process. We can all say amen and we all agree with that, but the truth is if we were honest with ourselves, we want God to show it to us and for it to manifest in our lives same day. Or take it to CVS and at least within 24 hours, God. But God process is a part of vision. And so as much as I get excited, I'm like, God has vision, and you're like, woo, yeah. Then you're also saying yes to process. You're also saying yes to the dark room. You're also saying yes to times of feeling forgotten. Yes of times of questioning. You're saying yes to times where you don't have all the answers and it's unclear at first. And there's another layer of process. And there's another challenge or another opportunity that comes before you that you have to overcome. But all of that is turning it into the vision God has spoken over your life. Are you understanding that? Embrace the idea of developing. That's why we very specifically chose the phrase developing the vision. Developing the vision because there is process. In the book of Habakkuk in the Old Testament, if you were to go there, Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1 through 3, 2 through 3. Habakkuk says this, God speaks to him, the Lord said to me, write the vision down or write my answer plainly on tablets. We talked about that last week. Share your story button in the app. Write the vision down as God begins to speak to you. Write the vision down that the runner may carry the correct message to others. The vision is for a a future time. The King James says an appointed time. It describes the end and it will be fulfilled. So even this vision that Habakkuk was writing down, God says write it down. And then he was telling him there's going to be a gap between when you wrote it down and to when it manifests itself. This is so scriptural. This concept of process and vision is so scriptural. I want us to receive it, to believe it, to put faith in the process so that you're not thrown or, or you believe a lie by the devil when you're in the middle. When you're in the middle of the dark room and you think this is an anomaly or something's wrong with you or God is, God is not being faithful, no, this is just part of process. Are you understanding this? And the reason you write it down is so you don't forget in the dark what God told you in the light. Amen. The vision is for a future time or an appointed time. It describes the end. It will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait. Wait patiently, the Bible says. For it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. It may feel like it's being delayed on your part, but it comes to pass right on time. There's an appointed time, but part of that is God's already figured in the process as he's handed you the vision and he knows when it needs to come to manifestation. Are you following me? Let me say this. The delay is not hindering the vision. The delay is actually the time, process, and experiences necessary to create the vision and bring it to pass. I'm going to say it again. The delay is not hindering the vision. The delay is actually the time required. And you're learning the process. 
and you're gaining experience, which is necessary to create the vision that God put in your heart. Amen. I heard it said one time from a, a preacher, he says, if it's taking longer than you thought, it's probably bigger than you imagine. If it's taking longer than you thought, it's probably bigger than you imagined. Embrace the concept of process. Embrace it. Love it. It's hard to love it because I get it. There's irritating times in process. But when you understand process, the devil can't make you fearful or start to, you know, be double-minded all the time because you're like, it's just part of the process. God's just growing me into that vision. God's growing this vision inside of me. I'm learning skills. I'm creating new habits. I'm stretching. I'm being developed. There's relationships I have to meet along the way to bring that vision to pass. You know, some of you, there's businesses God has put on the inside of you, but there are, there are, there are partnerships that you need to make in the next two years to bring that business to pass. And as though you want it to happen right now, it's going to take two years because there's certain people you need to meet, and it's not going to come quicker than two years because it's for an appointed time. Though you feel like it's taking too long, God already factored in in the recipe the time for the cake. Are you understanding this? Be set free today and own the process. The process isn't always the devil. Come on. You may have to fight the devil during the process, but the idea of process is just, it's God's design. It's, it's just seed plus time equals harvest. It's the time part. That's it. It's not the devil. It's just time. The place of process is often where we question ourselves. Did I hear from God right? Am I out to lunch on this? Like, did I, did I get this right? The place of process. Remember the dark room? That's why I use the dark room. I love that concept because in the dark room, we begin to question ourselves. We begin to question God. God, are you listening? Do you even care about this? I thought you made a promise. I had a prophetic word on it, God. And God hasn't changed his mind, my friend. It's just part of process. It's in the place of process that we can feel overwhelmed, we can feel inadequate, we can feel forgotten, we can feel like even failures. Well, surely I must have messed something up because if it was God and I heard God, then it should have manifested by now. We've all been there. Would anyone be honest and say you've ever felt any of those feelings while waiting on God to fulfill a promise or a vision? Anybody? About 12 of us. Awesome. It's in this place of process that you can also be tempted to quit. You're tempted to quit in the dark room of process. Again, when this part of the journey happens, my desire by getting understanding today is that you won't feel alone. There's all these hands in the room that said, yeah, we've been there. But you know, there's all these hands in the room that can also say, I'm on the other side and I've seen what God has promised come to pass. How many of you can raise your hand to that? I've seen what God has promised come to pass. And you're so glad you didn't quit while you were in the dark room of development. You're so glad you didn't believe the lie when you were in the dark room of development, when you didn't know everything because you had to grow. You had to learn new things. Are you understanding? But now you see that you've grown. You didn't just create something. You became someone who now leads something that's godly and that's healthy. Amen. A new way that I want you to view process after today is this. 
these moments, these challenges, these giants you face, these dark room moments, whatever they might be, these setbacks, whatever. A new way I want you to view the process is this, that these things are not happening to you, they're happening for you. Because as you overcome every Goliath, you grow into more of a king. As you push down every desire to quit, you turn into a conqueror. Are you seeing this? These things are happening, and too many people get, all this is happening to me, this delay, this challenge. I had to go back to school and learn these things I should have learned, and now it's too hard, and I'm overwhelmed. It's not happening to you, it's happening for you for your benefit, for your growth, to transform you into the leader that needs to be a part of that godly vision, to sustain it, amen, the character development that needs to happen. It pushes you back into a place of prayer so you don't lean on your own understanding, but you you know how to pray and, and listen to God rather than just by your own gifts and talents make everything happen. Are you hearing this? This process is not, look, all this stuff's happening to me. No, it's happening for you for you to grow, for you to go back to God, for you to learn faith, for you to learn holiness, for you to build character, for you to grow in your education for it, for you to grow in new talents and abilities. Amen? Our natural tendency is we want to see it, the vision, and then we want it now. And we assume that the vision is for right now. The moment God shows it to you. And no, that's not to make anyone feel bad. Everybody feels that way. You get a prophetic word, God says, you know, I've made you the head and not the tail. I see you as a champion of business and enterprise and blah, blah, blah. And like you're ready to walk out the door and you're like, I own a Fortune 500 company. You know, but you don't, you know. But you're like, oh, it's gonna happen this week. No, there's a process. God's, remember, in, I told you last week, write this down if you don't remember the verse, Isaiah 46:10. God speaks the end from the beginning. God speaks the end from the beginning. And the important thing is, is what God already saw. God is seeing it. God isn't just hoping for it. He sees it if you'll walk the path of process that he lays before you. So he's telling you the, the end from the beginning. The only question, the only variable is whether or not you'll walk through that process and you'll stay consistent and faithful in the process. Or will you jump off the process? Will you leave the dark room too early? Will you go and say, give up on the vision that God had said will surely come to pass, and you quit? God's not gonna quit. You know, God said it, I believe it, it's done, but will we quit halfway through the process? That's the only variable in this. It's not even the devil. What's the devil gonna do? Who cares what the devil's gonna do? The devil's been defeated, and God's already given you everything you need for life and godliness. Doesn't matter what the devil's gonna do. God's already figured that into the process. The big variable is what are you going to do? Will you walk the process? Will you stay in that dark room? Will you grow and overcome every single opportunity? Those are not happening to you to stop the vision. Those are happening for you because as you overcome them, it creates the vision. Are you receiving this? The idea of process is all over the Bible. The idea of process all over the Bible. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 19 from the Amplified Bible. A man's mind makes, a man's mind plans his way as he journeys through life, but the Lord directs his steps. That's process. And he establishes them. So in our mind, we know where we're going. We know what God has said. And so A man's mind makes plans in the journey of life, but the Lord directs the steps. Step one, 
Step two, step three, right? You gotta grow into this, and then now it's time to grow into this, and now it's time to learn this. And as you're going through, the, the Lord orders the steps. Do you see that? It's not just giant leaps. It's not like God said it and whoa, I'm there. The Lord orders process, orders your steps. There's people you need to meet. There's books you need to read. There's certain education you need to gain, amen. What if God speaks to one of our teenagers about being a brain surgeon one day? Well, I don't want them just waking up, starting to work on people's brains. Well, God said it. Go through the process. Learn something. Do you see? But God did call them to be a brain surgeon. But now they've got to walk through the schooling and all the people they need to learn and meet around and even the boring seasons and times, but all of it is creating the vision that God spoke to them. Psalms chapter 37, 23. The steps of a good and righteous man are directed and established by the Lord. And he delights in his way, and he blesses that path. I'll say it again. I repeat myself on purpose, and I don't feel bad about that, because Jesus used to say, and again I say to you all the time. <laughs> the process is not a distraction from the vision. It's creating the vision. Write it down. The process is not a distraction from the vision. It is creating the vision. I got a little preachy in the next portion. The process is the path. Come on now. Mm. Yeah, handkerchief is a good place to wait a bit. The process is the path. Well, the process is the path. The root is the way. Amen? The process is the path. That's the work, the struggle, the cost, the education. The process is the path. The route is the way. Those are the mountains that you'll face. Those are the valleys you'll go through. Those are the deserts you'll have to go through. Are you understanding? The route, the route, the route, whatever, however you say it, whatever makes you feel good. The route, the route is the way. And sometimes those routes will take you over mountains. Sometimes they'll take you through valleys. Sometimes they'll take you through deserts. But it's the way. Amen. This is the way. <laughs> you were thinking it. The recipe is the result. The recipe is the result. See, that's my preachy side. The recipe is the result. You ever, ever made a cake before? Like a boxed cake? Are you guys just not wanting to raise your hand or do you not do anything? <laughs> It's not in your Bible. You've never made a cake. We don't relate on anything. I have made a cake before. Yeah. Out of a box. And it's like, specialized in Oso, it's three simple steps. Step one, get eggs. Step two, get oil. Step three, get the mix in the box. Throw it all together. The recipe is the result. Interesting thing about recipe is this. These are seemingly unconnected, disjointed pieces and ingredients to the recipe. Yes. You don't know why something out of a chicken goes so well with oil 
and goes so well with all that sugar and cocoa and that powder. There's all these things that you may think are disjointed, people that you are meeting, and you don't know that that is part of the recipe. How does that, or you might even put butter in your cake or milk, and that came out of a cow. So how come something out of a chicken, something out of a cow, something out of a sugar cane, and something out of oil, you throw all that together and it creates something awesome, right? Like what? It's cake. But all these pieces, all these steps, you don't know why that person needs to be in your life, but they need to be in your life. They're part of the ingredient to the finished product. Amen. What about going through that, you know, Calvary Equips class? How does that fit in? It's part of the recipe. You go through the class. You get educated in the Word of God. You'll see where that fits in to the recipe. All these things, all these happenings, all these circumstances, these mountains, these valleys, these deserts, these challenges, it's all part of the ingredients that you put it all together and then you put it in that heat of that oven and it comes out and angels start singing and there's a glory cloud that fills the kitchen and cake comes forth. This is so scriptural. Genesis chapter 37 through 50, we won't read it for sake of time, but I want you to write it down. Look at Joseph's life. Joseph's life. In the Old Testament, if you're not familiar with these characters, there's a young man named Joseph. He has a vision. God shows him that he's going to be a leader, a very important leader, that his whole family is going to at one point need him. And symbolically, they're bowing down in this vision that he has. When he shared that vision with his brothers, they, he's the youngest, his older brothers did not appreciate being told that they would bow at his feet. I don't know why. Older brothers don't like to hear their younger brother's going to rule over them. Come on now. And Joseph saw the end from the beginning. What Joseph didn't see was that his brothers were going to betray him and throw him in a pit. And they talked about killing him, but they thought they could make money off him, so they decided to sell him into slavery. So Joseph saw the vision from far away. God speaks the end from the beginning, but he didn't see the pit. He didn't see the dark room. And he goes from the pit to being sold as a slave in Potiphar's house. Do you see the steps of the righteous? Step one, now he's in a place of serving Potiphar, who's a very wealthy man in Egypt, very famous, influential, and Joseph starts to prosper. And so now he's like, aha, this is when the vision's going to come to pass. I'm starting to get some traction in my prosperity. I'm starting to get some, some notoriety here. I'm starting to get some leadership. And then all of a sudden, Potiphar's wife sees Joseph and says, mm-hmm. And he says, mm-mm. <laughs> and she says, bye-bye. And he goes and gets thrown in prison for not doing something wrong. So Joseph saw the vision, but he didn't see the dark room. He saw the vision, but he didn't see the pit. He thinks now he's out of the pit and he's in a better place, and it looks like he's going backward. Now he's in prison. But now he's in prison, and he begins to prosper in prison again. 
He begins getting leadership and authority. The prison uh, captain of the prison begins to really see God's favor on Joseph and begins to give him opportunity to lead. So Joseph begins prospering in prison. Then these two guys come and they have these crazy dreams. He interprets their dreams. He says, hey, remember me when you go back to Pharaoh's palace and let him know that I'm here. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, got you. And he, Joseph's like, aha, the vision is going to get me out of this. Two years go by, and they forget about him and that he interpreted their dreams. One of them couldn't remember because he actually got his head cut off, so he couldn't remember. But the other one forgot, <laughs> forgot about it. So we'll give it to the baker on that. <laughs> so, anyway. really bad. That's a really, really bad joke. Anyways, I apologize to the family of the baker. I feel like I was disrespectful to the baker. Anyways, Joseph, two years later, gets remembered, and they, the Pharaoh has a dream. He has a nightmare, and the cupbearer says, I remember someone in prison who can interpret dreams. Remember, the vision is for an appointed time. Joseph couldn't have seen that. And when Pharaoh, who, by the way, Pharaoh at that time is the most powerful, influential person in the earth, needs Joseph, and he calls on him, and Joseph comes and stands before him, and he interprets a dream, and then he gives him the wisdom of what to do about the dream, which was there was a famine coming. Pharaoh didn't know what to do. And Joseph gave him such a plan that not only would it protect Egypt, but it would make Egypt, the most prosperous nation out of the famine. Pharaoh's like, I need you on my team. You will be the number two guy in all the land. And all of a sudden, Joseph's dream comes to pass. A few years later, Joseph's brothers come needing food because where they live was out of food. And everything God showed Joseph, his brothers are bowing before him, asking for his assistance. Here's what I want you to see in that. This idea of process. Joseph saw the end from the beginning. But the process created the vision. See, Joseph needed to get to Egypt. And he wasn't going to get to Egypt living in his father's house. His brothers sold him as a slave, and that took him to Egypt. Do you see this? Step one, get to Egypt. Step two, learn administration. Learn how to govern learn finance, learn people, learn team building, learn leadership, and he learned it in Potiphar's house. He needs character. He's being tempted by Potiphar's wife. Will he take what doesn't belong to him? Will he put himself first? He says, no, I will honor God. He's learned character because he's going to be second in charge of the earth. This man needs to be a godly man. Are you understanding this process? And then he thinks it's going to happen now, and he gets thrown in jail. Now he's learning law, and he's learning legal things, and he's learning connections to people, which how in the world is the wine uh, cupbearer connected to a dream God gave me years ago? But he needed to meet him because the cupbearer was his open door to Pharaoh, of which Joseph never knew he needed to meet Pharaoh. Joseph's vision for himself was a whole lot, I guarantee this, was a whole lot smaller than being the second in command of the earth. 
And perhaps the reason the vision for you hasn't come to pass is, like we said, it's because it's bigger than you first imagined. And because there's people you need to meet that are going to open doors that you couldn't have imagined. Are you saying this? But listen to this part. Every step, every step, please, I hope you get this just spiritually in your spirit. Every step was forward. Listen, I went from being in my father's house into being in a pit, but that was still moving forward. Didn't feel like forward, did it? But it's forward. Being sold into slavery, this feels like backwards. I used to be a son in my father's house, but it's forward towards the vision. Do you see it? Yes. Or, or Joseph, he starts to prosper in Potiphar's house, and then listen to how we would see it. He got derailed and sent back into the, backward into prison. But prison wasn't backward. You say, I'm prospering in my job, and, and I got fired. I'm going backwards. You're not going backwards. You're not going backwards. You're going forward because the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. Because you delight yourself in the Lord. Are you hearing me? Yes. To the natural eye, it may look like backwards, but it's actually a step forward. Because God is not derailed and God's plan is not derailed because someone fired you from a job. The devil closed the door. Who cares? Is this making sense? But the process is part of what creates the vision. And we must embrace the idea of process. I'm going to stop there. Why don't you go ahead and stand? Did you get anything out of that today? Yeah. Embrace the idea of process. Let me pray this into your heart this morning. I love actionables. I think it's important that you have actionables. I still continue to say, as God clarifies or speaks vision to you, write it and share it in your stories in the Calvary app. It's important that you write it down. But today, the only actionable is this, that you embrace the concept of process, growth, journey. It's moving forward. It's moving forward. It must come to pass. God has spoken it to you. It's for an appointed time. I encourage you with that. So what are you to learn in each of these steps? So maybe the prayer can change. Remember, it's not happening to you. It's happening for you. So God, what can I learn in this moment? God, help me to outgrow this season. God, help me to see you in another level. God, what skills do I need to learn while I'm in the prison right now? What skills or what people, how can I, how do I walk in integrity and character in this, in this kind of dark room time in my life where nobody seems to see me because I know you see me. And so Lord, I just thank you. Order my steps. Help me to grow. That's the actionable today, the idea of embracing process. Let me pray over you. Go ahead and put your hands over your heart if you would, please. I want to pray over this. We're going to give you an opportunity to know Jesus. Heavenly Father, right now, I, I pray over this word as it marinates in our hearts today, those watching on the internet as it marinates inside of them today. God, your people capture your heart and your vision. You speak your vision into us, and then you partner with us and through us to bring it to pass. So God, I ask that you help us not to give up in the middle of dark rooms, to not to quit, to not to, not to, not to wonder if you're still there, and not to let the devil pressure us out of the call of God on our lives.
God, I pray you help us to embrace the journey, help us to make space for growth and to learn and to overcome and, and to, 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 to not even be perfect in the journey, but to still continue to grow as we learn. And so God, I just bless this house. There is vision in them. I continue to speak that over them, that you awaken new ideas, new dreams, new visions, new, a new generation of visionaries for the kingdom. And God, I thank you that you bring them to pass. Help us to grow. Give us peace in the journey. God, I just pray faith, a supernatural moving of faith in this room and expectancy about what you're doing in them and what you're speaking to them. I thank you for what the world's gonna get in a season or two from now when all these visions begin to manifest in the earth. I thank you for the future of Orlando, the future of Calvary, the future of the United States. Lord, these things must take place. Speak to this body. Thank you for what you sow into them right now. We give you thanks. We give you praise in Jesus' name. If you receive that, would you say a big amen and celebrate that word today? Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for one of our Sunday morning worship experiences each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening and God bless.